Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. If I speak for your followers and I speak for your ex followers and I speak for the curious outsiders looking in, and you remain silent in the shadows and don't let your balls drop enough to come out and say something, then I say, who do you speak for, Mr. Miscavige? Anything on earth that says, don't listen to your mom and dad, don't talk to your mom and dad, that's bad, yep. wrong. I remember sitting there wishing I could just scream out loud and beg for help, but I knew if I did that, I would never see Mark again. This is the thing about real life. You can't experience the great things without the bad things. I felt like it would probably do better off if we didn't exist. And, um, you know, Ted came up with a plan on, on how to end it. He talks about a seven-year-old child. Mm-hmm. Even, if, even if he's referring to actually an adult. So let's say we change that to an adult. There's a woman shudders because the man kisses her even passionately. The fact is that she shudders. You do a big apology to me and give me my kids back. I'm still shocked by the evil. I, I, yes, even to this day. When I see a video of a former friend or family member, I'm like, this is pure evil at work. Welcome to another Come Get Some Extra Scientology edition this week with the returning here for one year of starting this whole thing uh, with him himself, Chris Shelton. Uh, before I get started, I just want to clear the air about something. I just want to address the ever-rising flood of shit in the room. <laughs> um, there's, uh, there were some programming changes made to this podcast recently, and there's a lot of stuff being said that aren't true, a lot of things being said that aren't true. And let me just clarify without getting into it, because I really don't want to get into it. And it will get changed around, and I'll get trashed on social media, and that's fine. The fact is, I will never condone anyone, for any reason, shaming or making someone feel bad or calling someone a liar for telling their story of sexual assault. That is not okay. It will never be okay, and I'll never condone that. That being said, I did offer to reverse the programming changes as was asked not to, and I'm just respecting those wishes. Otherwise, if you have any questions about any program changes in this podcast, feel free to reach out to me directly at cgshere at gmail.com, or you can you know, hit me up on Twitter at Miami6Man or at cgs underscore extra. That may be the only way you get the fucking truth, and that is the absolute truth. But that being said, let's go ahead and get into uh, Chris Shelton returning after one year. Here we go. All right, today I got returning to the show roughly a year ago. Uh, Chris Shelton was my first guest for the Come Get Some Extra movement, <laughs> if you want to call it a movement, but the show I do here to uh, expose the abuses of Scientology and, and help people put their voices out there and have another platform to tell their stories. Welcome back to the show, Chris Shelton. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. 
No problem. Last time we talked, we had a pretty good time. We enjoyed our conversation, so I figured we'd have another enjoyable one. Um, yeah, always always enjoyable to uh, you know talk Scientology abuses and give from that. That's always fun. <laughs> but we we have we have fun the best we can with it, you know. <laughs> Uh, the, the 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 sad and the, and the bad of it are still there and they don't go away but we 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 need to we need to laugh. Um, That's right. I want to start off with this question, Chris yeah. Shelton. How how can people be so stupid as to fall for the joining Scientology? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Yeah, funny. You know why I asked that, of course. ignorance and there's a lot of reality to that. I got a weird echo going, don't I? Okay. Hmm. You hear it or is it just me hearing it? Uh, I think it's just you hearing it. Okay, good. It. Well, well, I'll hope for the best with this. Wow, this is really okay. bad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, that's better. So, the thing with that is I, I also think it's twofold. Like, I can't imagine ever asking that question that way. Um, I've asked stupid questions. We've all... The first time we try to learn about the subject, we ask stupid questions. Um, yeah. And and I think I may have asked. I had to have asked at one point or another. Like, uh, well, um, how how take me through how you would fall for that, or how did you not see that? That's one way of asking. But I can't imagine using the words dumb or stupid. And I do see that quite a bit in the forums. That's right. And that's and the key. How could you fall for this? And of course, 
the answer is almost routinely, but we didn't know what you know now. You so, didn't know, yeah. Uh, of course, we, we fell for it because we're not stupid. We just didn't know all the things we know now that our experience and our research has shown us. Because we didn't do that. We didn't have that experience and we didn't do that research. And in, and now, the internet, of course, it's, it's, it's 10 seconds and you have all the truth on Scientology that you could possibly want, right? But in 1995, when I joined the Sea Org, or in 1985, when I first came to a church of Scientology, there was no internet. There was no ability to get this information. You know? Right. So, so it's a so you know it's, it's very, you know you can be judgy about it I suppose and asking a question like that. But if you really want to know, then you're going to get an answer. If you really dig into the details of it, you find out quite a bit about psychology, undue influence, uh, propaganda techniques, you know, mind control or manipulation language manipulation. I mean, there's so many factors you learn about in seeking an honest answer to the question of how is it people fall for this. And I find that approach fascinating, and yeah. the answers you find absolutely fascinating. And that's why it's actually the smartest question you can ask, because it gets right down into that right away, if you're honestly looking for an answer. Yeah, what what I find interesting about it, as we talked about it earlier was you're just you just kind of laid it out in Scientology terms, and I know mm-hmm. something not just just before even we talk today. Uh, beyond that, I've seen you mention it in passing on uh, on Facebook and in uh, some of your videos. You kind of allude to it that this kind of influence that people don't understand or trying to understand and think you got to be crazy to fall for exists in all walks of life. Oh yes. All walks of life. There actually isn't any area that's immune from it. When you when you clarify what a cult is, and you separate it from the belief system or the odd, kooky practices they, that cult members can sometimes engage in, start seeing a cult is actually a destructive cult is actually a, an abusive relationship. Whether it's two people or two thousand people or two million people, you have a leader or, you know, somebody that is being listened to, an authority figure or figures, and you have followers. And you have to have both ends in order for the thing to work, right? You can't, you know, a destructive cult standing on a street corner, you know, yelling in the air, that's, no one cares, right? Right. He has, to, he, has to, he has to have followers. He has to have somebody that is listening to him or her. And that is that relationship, the abusive aspects of that relationship, the fact that the, that the authority figure demands allegiance, demands loyalty, um, demands, in, you know, puts information control in place where the, the followers can only listen to him and can't listen to anybody else, right? I say him generically here. It could be a, a woman just as easily. But, yeah. kind of, you know, these, these various techniques that fall into place that are used uh, to establish and define the relationship in very specific ways, right? You must listen to me. You must not listen to anybody else. What I say is truth. What everybody says is, is, is some degree not truth, right? We, in our little group, whether, again, it's two or two million, we're the special ones. We're the, <laughs> you know, enlightened ones. Yeah. We're the ones who know more than the other people who are not part of our group. 
these are just some of the characteristics of it. But, but you'll notice that these can exist. What I'm talking about here, none of this relies on the specific practices or beliefs that are involved. So it could be religious in nature, be a sports group. Yeah. You know, a, a, a baseball coach could easily turn his baseball team into little cults by using these methods. If, if, the, if the baseball coach was an authoritarian figure demanded these things from players, then you could have a cult in a little baseball team. Right? How yep. easy this is. And we tend to not look at all aspects of society and influence that various groups that we're all part of have on us. You know, because we can look at an extreme group like Scientology and go, well, it's obvious. L. Rumsford, <laughs> you know, and David Miscavige, and, you know, they're mega billions, and da 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 da. And you can, and the RPS, Sea Org. And, I mean, this is pretty pretty blatantly in your face. <laughs> right. There's <laughs> something weird going on this thing, right? But, you know, your local martial arts class could be run with very similar techniques. And you might wander into that thinking you're going to learn about martial arts. And a year later, your whole life revolves around this class. And you didn't go into it thinking that's what you wanted or that's what you were going to get into or that's what was going to happen. Yet, there it is. Right? So, yes. this can happen in all different walks of life. And we see indicators or, or symptoms of it, characteristics of it, in lots of different groups. Political forums and groups, we see tons of them. Or, uh, as well as religious groups, but it's not limited to those kinds of things, I guess is my point. And I, I wish there was more awareness of this. Because uh, I think this is a very important part of of all of us can live our lives a bit further and a bit better, right? Uh, and a bit more independently, you know, if we were aware of this. You know? So I think that's a I think that's a good point. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, I was just thinking about this, and I was thinking about it at the time too. Um, one of my first and most um, my first really deep conversation with someone about abuse was a woman who was in an abusive relationship that I did for the podcast about abusive relationships. And I immediately, like, I had just come off the interview with Kathy Shankelberg, and I immediately drew that connection that is very similar. And I think what you're saying goes a long way towards making it clear that uh, the stigma of cult is a big part of the problem with people understanding and people, you know, wanting to help and get involved and people wanting to be a part of uh, stopping these abuses because when you see a woman being abused by her boyfriend or vice versa or however it may go, you want to help. That poor person, they need help. If you see someone in a yeah. cult, there's a stigma. It's like, oh, well, they're crazy, they're crazy cult people. No, that's not how it works. And I've been going, you know, bonkers for a year trying to get people to see that. That's, that's very true. It's a very good point you're making because it's, it is, it, you know, you can look at former cult members or people who managed to escape, get out of these kind of situations, and you can point fingers and laugh or, or ridicule or somehow feel that you're, you know, better than or different from or, you know, you would never fall for such a thing. But it's a real skewed 
<laughs> that's, mm -hmm. not, that's just not reality. You know, uh, people who join cults are regular people just I'll just like you and me, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, here I am. As regular as we are. You know, like, <laughs> like, there you go, right? It, it, it just, just people are people. You know, they just they, they get fooled. They get conned by things. They, they have hopes and desires and dreams and ambitions. And sometimes people can play on those hopes and dreams and ambitions yeah. in, a, in a really mean, you know, horrible way. And really, when you're looking at cult survivors, you're looking at people who were, you know, who suffered that such an experience and got away from that, but that doesn't make them substandard people. <laughs> right, right. Or damaged good people. They're just people who, who had a very unfortunate experience. Right. And maybe that experience defined their whole life, in which case they've got some work to do to, to come back from that. Or maybe they only had a, a brief brush with it, and so they didn't get, the, the claws didn't get pulled into their, into their head, you know, and so they can they can move on more easily. Everybody's different, you know, but the the uh the idea that it can't happen to you and it really people really <laughs> need to need to move on from that kind of thinking and recognize again that it that can happen in all different walks of life and that I think that is a point that gets missed too often. You know, it's weird because I've used the terminology before. The terminology exists, the term exists cult mentality. Cult mentality. Yeah. I, maybe, I maybe you and I and a bunch of us need to get together and do a, a think tank and find a new word for this kind of manipulation to make it something that's universal that, that can really bring a balance to the conversation. It's a it's a struggle. It's something that a lot of people over the years have struggled with is the terminology of this. Because you originally in the 1950s you had you know Robert Lifton writes about thought reform, and out of this, you know, the Red Scare of the 1950s, we had brainwashing, right, this, this idea of brainwashing, very general, generic, sort of, what does that mean, term, right, um, a total, totalism, was, was another term that Robert Liston used uh, when he was first studying this, then you get uh, undue influence, right, uh, hypnotism, mind control. I mean, uh, there's so many different words or, or phrases to get thrown around for this. And, um, you know, and of course, just, just more generic terms like deception, deceit, lying, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's something a lot of people have struggled with, is how do we, even the word cult and destructive and I take and I take care to to try to use the term destructive cult because I'm trying to differentiate from from a regular dictionary definition of just any group that has you know some belief system, right? Right. Even that word though, cult, is a very contentious word. I mean, there are academics who refuse to use it, and they've you know gone into uh, apologetics even, where they start describing like Scientology as a religious movement. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Which makes it sound very generic and very non-threatening, very, you know, oh, it's just something that's not fully understood by the general public. And, you know, and a former member like me looks at that and I just go, you're, you're somewhere where you really need to come out, uh, because that's not, right. that's not what the result is, you know. Uh, but I understand the struggle that the academics, you know, I've read quite a bit of their work, and, and I understand the struggle that they face. 
not ever having been a member of a group like this, not understanding the control techniques, they buy into the idea that it's a religious practice, like Scientology, for example, right? Or it's, right. No, it's just a club. What's the big deal? I could you know, maybe referring to one of those, uh, you know, like that martial arts group, right? And they don't think that there are control techniques or methods or propaganda techniques or, or anything like this. There's a, there's, you know, you go all the way out to there is no such thing as cult at all, and it's all just everybody's individual problem, to, you know, the other end of the extreme could be the individual has no responsibility for it of any kind, and it was you're totally nothing but a victim, and the group is just evil and horrible and you know, at this end, there's no good of any, of any kind in it. I mean, you can go to either end of the pendulum, but really the truth is kind of more, most things, it's kind of more in the middle, you know. Right. Right, I would just, uh, I'll say, uh, along the same lines of all this discussion, you know, I see uh, these stupid questions asked, you know, we call stupid questions, there's no stupid questions, but... The questions about you know think uh, where's <laughs> where's uh, uh what's her name uh John a blank uh David Scavish's wife Shelly where's Shelly you know you see that one like every other post you see where's Shelly and what do you think Tom Cruise is thinking is Tom Cruise in Siri um, things like that and um, yeah. you know these questions. What I like to try to remember is because I see I do see ex-Scientologists sometimes get angry and frustrated and, and maybe uh, go on the defensive or on the offensive a little bit. Like do some research, and it's important to remember there are those that segment of population who are genuinely curious, genuinely interested in knowing yeah. that just yeah. haven't seen the question asked yet, and and that's, that's going right. to happen. That's exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a, a front line sometimes. You know, we mm -hmm. want to, you know, the whole effort of the anti-Scientology movement or ex-Scientology community or whatever you want to call it, uh, the common denominator, despite many disagreements that we have with each other, problems that sometimes come up between people, the, the common denominator is we oppose Scientology's authoritarian and abusive practices. Really, the, you know, you could you could pretty much. I think that would be a pretty universally agreed upon statement, which is hard to get. Hard to get universally agreed upon statements, but right. but I think that <laughs> one would be about as close as you could get, right? Because, for example, not everybody in the ex-Scientology world wants to destroy the Church of Scientology. Right. They want to reform it. They want to change it. They don't want to see it disappear because they feel that they're so many good things that they got out of it that they want to preserve those things. Well, I don't particularly share that point of view, but I understand it. So, you know, but I think both of us, you know, uh, somebody with that point of view and myself would think, would agree that we want the abuses to end. Right. And so we're trying to raise awareness that these abuses and that they exist and that this is real and that there are people who fall into this and that they're still stuck in it. And so our efforts to bring that awareness, well, you really can only do that by talking to people, you know, bringing the information out there through videos or books or magazines or media, 
and then answering their questions because people come and they have all kinds of questions and they come from all different walks of life and all different uh, backgrounds and, and uh, different levels of intelligence, different levels of, of education. Sometimes people come and they honestly ask questions that sound sensitive or sound very sensitive just because they, they just don't know and they're honestly asking. Right. And then there are people who condescend and get arrogant and get kind of weird and have a superiority complex. And those, you know, you try to weed that out, but it sometimes <laughs> is a difficult process. Right. So it's, it's always a bit of a struggle for us on social media to one ask answer the same questions over and over and over again. That can be that that gets tiring sometimes. And um, and and discerning intention, you know, the intent behind the people who are asking questions, right? Sometimes it's not obvious. Right. So those are our struggles as, as former members who are now advocating against it is we want to get this information out there. We want as many people on board with us as we can get. We want as much support as we can get in this. Yet at the same time, it's a little tiring sometimes an activist. You know, it's really <laughs> It's understandable. It's understandable. I mean, uh, one thing that happens, though, when there is that backlash, when there is that frustration, when somebody's having a bad day or something and, and they react and, and snap back, uh, sometimes it causes a ripple effect. And what I mean by that is I've actually had people recently, um, after witnessing some of that snapback, come to me personally and say, I'm a never end that's been, you know, that's been fighting abuses of Scientology and very involved for a year now, just like I have. Do you think we need to back off? Are we unwanted? Do they want their own voices? And you know, obviously you all have your own voices, but the question is, you know, it seems like we're unwanted or unneeded. Maybe we're in the way of this fight. Should we step out? And honestly, it's a hard question for me to answer because I found myself questioning that many times recently as well. And I understand that because it's a it's a difficult, um, you know, when you it's. It, it's, uh, hmm, there's analogies I could make here, and all of them are somewhat awkward, um, <laughs> because I could be easily misconstrued or misunderstood, and right. I have been in the past with this, and so I'm, I'm careful in how I choose words on this, um, and still, I'm probably going to make mistakes with it, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Okay, here, right? we can always edit. <laughs> um, yeah, well, fair enough. Um, you know, the, the thing about a destructive cult situation is it's an abusive relationship. And, and as with any abusive relationship, abuse can be uh, not only physical, but emotional, psychological, right? Right. And so the scars are not always easily visible. The damage is not always easily visible. People can look and sound like they are in perfectly good shape and be complete, you know, marshmallows inside and, and quivering masses of, of displays trying to figure out where, 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 where what way is up, where should they go in their life now, what, what's real, what's not, what, what do I believe anymore. I mean, there's a lot of things you have to sort through if you come out of an experience like that after years of being involved. Mm -hmm. So so somebody can look and act like everything's fine and, and normal and, and that sort of thing, and they're very sequitur and they're very intelligent. And, um, and I'm not tracking from any of that in saying that they are also 
potentially have some, some damage that they're recovering from, right? Which is not to say that they're mentally ill or that there's something wrong with them or right. that they're damaged goods. You know, these, these can be, like I said, these words are, are difficult because they can be so easily construed as sure. insulting or offensive when I'm a survivor myself. I, you know, right. I'm not engaging in self-modulation here to say some recovery order, you know, right. and 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 that and when and then I have to learn quite a bit. Uh, I came out of this group over the last five years. I've learned a tremendous amount, and my mind has changed numbers of times about my experience. Right. So if you would have talked to me five years ago, four years ago, when I first started speaking out we would be having a very different conversation than we're having today. Wow. Merely because of the time, the experience, the education, right? The catharsis of me speaking out and what that's done for me all by itself. You know, you have very, it would be a very different experience. And so my point is that people who are never involved want to help, and that is beautiful. It is pure, wonderful, beautiful thing that I always, always want to encourage. But you've got to realize that you're stepping foot into a bit of a minefield. Right. Because you're talking to a number of people, all of whom are different, all of whom had very different experiences, potentially, within Scientology, even though there's one bridge to total freedom, one C organization, one set of policies, so it seems like everybody kind of have the same experience, but when you drill down into the details, you find out, no, everybody's experience was very unique to them. And you don't know, when you're talking to one ex or another, what you're dealing with. Mm. Some are more damaged than others. Some had more tougher experiences than others, really saying the same thing. When I say damaged, I mean, they had a tougher time. They went through more bullshit. <laughs> right, right. Some people went through some really serious physical abuse. Others had no physical abuse, but they had all kinds of psychological manipulation and nonsense done with them. Emotional blackmail, financial regulation, you know, information control. I mean, there are very, very serious things these groups put up to that that's what people have. And you don't know from one person to the next what you're dealing with until you talk to that individual and get their whole story and find out what's what. So this is the this is the potential mind field that you can step into when you go into this community. Set off the mind inadvertently, not because you meant to, not because you had an evil intention to do so. Right. You know, you just said the wrong triggering words for some person. <laughs> and they go, right, or they misunderstand your intentions or misconstrue what you're saying. You know, here you are honestly trying to help or trying to get, offer support or emotional backup or whatever, reassurances. And the person takes it the wrong way. And then, you know, they get offend, you know, offended, they lash out. You know, you as a never-end feel like, ooh, gosh, I, you know, I did something really horrible. Well, maybe you did, or maybe that particular individual you were dealing with just had a particular problem that you triggered. I mean, 
Right. Whereas if you had said that same thing to me, or I don't know, you know, whoever, maybe you wouldn't have gotten that response or that reaction. Maybe what you did was an, was wholly appropriate and completely good thing to do, except for that person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or that particular circumstance, or whatever, right? Because you're entering into an area also as a never in where there's vast array of terminology and experience and rules and guidelines and thought processes and stuff that go on with Scientology, let's say. This really applies to any of these groups, but, but specifically, let's say, Scientology, where they are approaching, you know, they, their view of life and how things are and how the world should work and all that sort of thing are very, very different from say, somebody who was raised in a Christian household. Right. You know? So, here's the good Christian coming along, wanting to, you know, has a, has a good sense of community, has a, has a sense of a higher power that offers some reassurance and, and, and meaning in a person's life, has the idea of eternal salvation through, through Christ or something, right? And is well-intentioned, well-meaning person, want to help, Right. But they're entering into <laughs> this minefield that has a wholly different worldview, completely different belief system, utterly different values, right? Mm-hmm. And if they don't know about those things, or at least a little bit of them, at least if they're not even aware of the fact that those differences exist, then they could end up saying something that will trigger the former cult member in a way that... They didn't expect, didn't see coming. And then things can escalate unbelievably quickly, especially on social media where they're not even face-to-face, but they're dealing with each other on a Facebook forum or something. Right, you always got a keyword. (laughs) Yeah, because social media, I mean, we could do an entire podcast just on the social media. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So... So that's that in itself. Even when you when you take the cult variable out of the picture, people still get each other at each other's throats. Oh <laughs> yes. Over the stupidest things. Right? Yes. So the forum matters also, and a lot of this work that we do, a lot of the activism that happens with Scientology happens on social media. So that itself, the medium itself, lends itself to escalating situations that go out of control because people don't understand each other, you know, from, and you could trace it back always to some stupid misunderstanding. God, know, that sounds and, about right. <laughs> yeah, and in person, in person, that could have been sorted out. Yeah. You know? And I'm not saying 100% of the time. I'm not even, I'm not even trying to imply that. Sometimes people are just going to not agree on things, and that's fine. But most of the time, what I've seen in my own experience over this over the last few years, is just somebody misunderstood somebody else, and then things got ugly. And if that happens a few times for a never end, for somebody who's just offering support from the outside, it can get discouraged. You know, it can be discouraging. It can be. It can. It's. It's a little. You know, I didn't want to just jump into this analogy, but it's a little bit sometimes like that rabid dog thing where you want to help the dog, but the dog's going to bite you. What you do? <laughs> Yeah. Kind of yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. I do. You know, you're a good person. You want to help, but there's, you know, there's the rap dog, you know. So, 
you know, we're not all rabbit dogs. <laughs> That's why it's not a really great analogy. Right. All that way. But some of us are, you know, and some of us get moods, and we have our we have our good days and we have our bad days, and and so that's the uh, the vagaries, I guess, of you know, of trying to trying to offer support and help. But I I you know want to kind of having said all of that, the most important thing for anyone outside groups to know help is wanted, it is appreciated, it is needed, you know, the support is needed and wanted. It's just that it might be, you know, sometimes a bit more than you thought you were going to be fighting off, you know. So that's, right. I guess, the best thing I, but, you know, I could kind of... I've said this before. I said this a couple of times before, and um, I wish there was, but there's no instruction manual for this. There is no, there's no guide. No, and we are we are hampered by that. Um, you know, academics, uh, social scientists have done some work on this. There's some out there, but you know, you find out quickly when you start diving into that that academics, like anybody, are people too, and they have their misunderstandings and errors and apologetics and all that. And so, it would be nice if there was a field guide. <laughs> yeah. You know, people are still trying to figure this stuff out. You know, they're still trying to figure out what are the models of behavior how d- and belief, and how does this stuff work, and, and and why do people, you know, respond to stuff, and some people do and some people don't, and and how do you recover from a group like this? Again, very individual, very different, you know. I know veterans, Sea Org members who were in for over 20 years who got away, and they're fine, they're just fine. And I know other veterans who are who got away, and they are a mess. They're just a mess, you know. So it really depends on the individual and what gifts they're bringing to the picture as to what you're going to deal with. All good information. I think that's very helpful. Yeah. We we talk about these stupid questions and the questions asked. Uh, you ask question answer questions regularly on your uh, on your uh, Q and A sessions. Um, often you skip questions. What are the if if you could just give us a little peek behind the curtain? What are some of the kinds of questions that you absolutely will not answer? Oh, um, well, derogatory questions, of course. I don't I don't really get into you know questions that are going to end up insulting people. Right. Sometimes I ask questions that are obviously partisan and trying to take sides, pit me against the critic, that kind of thing. I don't go in for that. Um. And general questions that are way too generalized, or you know, what is Scientology, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> what was Elroy Hubbard's problem? <laughs> kind of like, how are you going to answer that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you want to do with this? So I sort of filter all that stuff out, and I try to find things that are, you know, I have a whole queue of this text file, and I, I copy every question people ask me, whether it's by email or, or through the comment sections of my, of my videos, and I and I keep it all on a file, and I go through it, and I, I'm always looking for, you know, different type questions, questions, you know, really, more intelligent questions. You know, I've done, I think, 140-something yeah. videos of critical Q&A. Over, right? yeah. And every episode answer eight to nine to ten questions. So I answered a lot of questions. Right. Really hard. 
to make every one of those questions unique, I try not to repeat myself. So, um, so I've covered a lot of territory already. So I really look for things will either be a unique question that's different than I've been asked before, or a question that is asked about something that offers a particularly unique insight into thing that maybe has been covered before that aspect of it hasn't covered before, right? Or that particular angle or view on it hasn't been covered yeah. before. And I love that stuff. And sometimes people ask me some amazingly insightful questions that just the question itself has gotten me thinking and cogitating and going, oh, wow, what a great way of looking at that. I'd never thought about that before. I love those kind of questions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it keeps it interesting for sure. Uh, one of the things that happened in recent history, like right before the New Year, I think, uh, that encouraged me to want to have you back on the show. I mean, I could always have you on the show. We could probably always find something to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, the thing was, you made a comment on a video about um, how you were kind of, it's kind of like a change in philosophy about uh, excusing Scientologists for not knowing that they're going to call based on the amount of internet access there is and, and what they can find. Mm -hmm. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah, that was an important point. That was a bit of a turning point for me because I realized one day, and, and this is part of my own little process, and everybody doesn't have to realize this, it's just my thing, but, but I, I, I went from looking at Scientologists as total victims to starting to look at, take a more, I, I felt, a more intellectually honest look at what are the, you know, what are their responsibilities in regards to being part of this, right? Right. Uh, you know, because obviously when I first got out of Scientology and learned the things about it that I did oh, when I was in, I thought I know Elton Hubbard's history, his real history, who said, a completely bogus fantasy about his life. I did not know about his multiple marriages, this sort of thing. I did not. I did not have it in my head that David Miscavige was beating up the staff. You know, there were lots of things about the subject that I didn't understand, didn't have the knowledge of. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at that and I thought, okay, I have been lied to, I've been deceived, purposefully, blatantly, over and repeatedly, over all these years. And so, from that point of view, I went, wow, I've been victimized, right? And I didn't want to think of myself as a victim particularly, because even that uh, stigma connected to it. Right. Uh, so it took me a long time to get to the point where I could look at how I was victimized. And I was. There's no question about it. I mean, it's a dictionary definition of it. Right. So I then talked about Scientology from the point of view of how they victimize people. And that's an important conversation to have, because they do do that. That's, that. That happens every single day. Ever. You think it's still happening? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's still the Sea Org. There's still abusive scheduling. There's still abusive behavior going on. There's still people being physically assaulted and stuff. But I'm, I'm absolutely positive that stuff still goes on. Well, at least the but RPF is gone, so, you know. Well, <laughs> and, 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 and if it is, that's great. It's this but the RPF is not, 
by any stretch of the imagination the only thing that goes on in Scientology is right. You know what I mean? You know, Chris, the more I talk to you guys, the more I find out that slave labor begins before you even get assigned to RPF, so it's just unimaginable to me. Oh, absolutely. The entire Sea Org is slave labor. Right. Oh, without question. I mean, there's not even, like, this isn't even, as I'm concerned, this is even a questionable point. I mean, you're drawing people in on, on extremely false pretenses, giving them a whole song and dance about how they're going to save the world. <laughs> and every single person who joins the Sea Org did get that song and dance, and that almost universally is why they joined. That's a beautiful and facility. They got a pool. You feed, you, know, you feed them substandard food. You run them rigorously on an insanely abusive schedule. You deny them sleep. You deny them adequate, re you know, like rest, mm -hmm. adequate food. You are uh, abusive towards them in almost every way imaginable. I mean, if that's not, you know kind of modern slavery. I, I, I don't know what it is. So that, um, that's kind of you know, how I was looking at this for a long time. Right. But it started dawning on me after a couple of years that when it started becoming clearer to me what I mentioned earlier in the show here about the abusive relationship aspect of it and how it requires both ends. You know, it's not just some guy on a street corner dishing out abuse. You have to follow that person. In order to follow that person, you have to agree to follow that person. You got to sign up. You got to be part of it, and you have to stay involved. Because objectively speaking, at any point along the line, you can turn around and get up and walk away. I mean, theoretically, at least. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so that you know that that you know that that kind of is a reality that we need to acknowledge. It, it so was a bit of a shock that, to me. Then, that, that goes in a direction, then, of having to look at what's the responsibility of the followers. Right. You know, now some people will go, to, and again, I think take this to an extreme of, you know, they're, they're the ones who are fully responsible. It's not on the cult leader at all, which is nonsense. Right. Or they have no responsibility. They're complete victims, and were totally victimized, and they had no responsibility for anything that happened. Well, that's not true either. Right, and right. getting again, getting that balance is kind of finding that middle ground where probably the more objective truth lies. But it's a difficult conversation. It, it, you don't, you know, you don't want to tell somebody who's a victim of spousal abuse, let's say, well, you hurt them, <laughs> you, <laughs> right? Right. That that doesn't help anybody, right? So that's not the attitude I'm talking about. Good. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, it's not, that's not what we're talking about at all. Right? What I'm saying is that you get to a place where you kind of go, well, yeah, I, you know, I could have done it here, I could have done this differently, or that kind of thing. Without getting into hindsight bias, which I, I talked about a little bit in the video, you know, you can't know then what you know now. Right. You, you know... You made the best decisions you could make at the time. So it's a, it's a, it's a again, it's a little bit of a, of a line I'm talking about here when, a, when you start talking about the responsibility of, of the people who were victimized. Right. I make that out to further victimize them. That's not my point at all, right? Yeah, that's what I, I was. In, don't want to go anywhere near that. That's what I was going to ask so you. Is there a pause for that? Because. You know, it may be easier for you to say that now, is what you're saying. 
basically, that's exactly what I'm saying. But it's, you know, it, everybody has to come to this themselves. I'm not trying to force my views on other people and say, just because I can see this that way means everybody else has to see it that way. But I do encourage people to come out of extremist thinking, where it's all or nothing, black and white. I was a total victim, and I didn't have anything to do with it. Well, hmm, okay. You know, right. I think that might be as wrong as, I, you know, you were 100% responsible for everything that happened to you, which is, by the way, what Scientology tells you. Right? That's not true at all. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, again, it's a, it's an individual thing. Every well, single individual needs to kind of deal with that on their own terms. Well, it feels like this came full circle because it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning, and that is, uh, even I, in my adulthood, in recent times, have followed the crowd in a way that I would look back and went, oh my God, why did I do that? You made excuses for why this wasn't as bad as it was. Yes, that's right. We all do it. It's just, it's, it's, it, 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 the, the fact that we do that is one of the reasons we have this. Right. <laughs> it's just human nature. It's the way we think. Yeah. Yeah, it's human nature. It's not, you know, a cultic system is, is, is a system of, of somebody or, or a group of people taking advantage of the way people think to have undue influence, power, control over them. So you look at the techniques that they use, and when you drill down into how those techniques work, you come to find, well, they work because we can't think any other way than the way we think. Our thinking isn't wonderful sometimes. It's the way we go about coming to decisions is not so rational all the time. We're very emotionally driven. You know that sort of thing is what I'm talking about. So, right. So it's you know there's no there's no one percent proof that you can do you know that you can proof somebody up that they'll never fall victim to undue influence or cult tactics or technique. Fully agree. Because we can't change how we think. <laughs> right. We can't change how we are, how our nature is. You know, it just kind of comes down to that. So. All we can really do is educate ourselves, educate ourselves, and, and go through the school of hard knocks and go, okay, well, what happened to me once? It doesn't happen, have to happen to me twice. And try to learn from the experience of our own experience and the experience of others. But even being as fully armed as we can with all the logical policies and all the rhetoric and all the reasoning abilities and skills and education you can get, we're still going to fall for stuff. Now, yep. There's no way around it. Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been yeah. a great conversation. I thank you for doing this, uh, Chris. Um, Absolutely. What I normally do at the end is 10 questions. Of course, we've already done that, so I'm going to do something different today <laughs> with you. It's It's five of these. These are word association, except instead of one word, you'll give three word association. Oh, okay. So the three words that you say, that way you don't get stuck on one word. I figure, hey, why not? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. So, word association with Chris Shelton, number one. <laughs> RPF. Uh, horror fest. Uh, abuse. Um, rigorous. Very fair. Number two. Yeah. Disconnection. 
shunning, uh, emotional blackmail. Um, horrible. I think I don't know if it gets any more descriptive than that. Uh, number three, I figure you might have fun with this one. Uh, David Miscavige. <laughs> Tyrant, dictator, asshole. <laughs> you need like eighteen word association on this one, right? <laughs> oh my god, I could go on for a while on that one. Yeah. Number four, fast food. Oh gosh, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's. That's just what comes with the mind in that order. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, number five, last one. Um, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, disappointing. Uh, confusing. Uh, <laughs> <setting>. <laughs> Did you say stunning at the end? I was, I, I was okay with how things came together on the storyline, but I was not really happy with the journey on that one. Well, I, I, I thought it missed, I thought it really missed the mark in a number of ways. Well, you know, there's arguments for that, and that's a whole other podcast probably <laughs> to talk about oh, that to break that oh, down. No, I fully understand that. I, you know, people can have whatever views they want. I don't care. I don't. I'm not going to start calling people Star Wars cards or something <laughs> if they don't agree with me on that one. But I, you know, I'm old school. I, I grew up with Star Wars. For me, it's you know, it's it's my childhood, that sort of thing. Are you a canon nerd? And like, you need to have that canon? Big part of my childhood. What was that? Are you a canon nerd? The stories that got cut out, are you upset about all that? I am upset about, yeah. I'm, you know, I... I don't know that I'm a canon nerd. I don't know that I know all the canon. I just, I know the movies. Right. Okay? And, I, and my experience of Star Wars was the movies. And I am disappointed in the direction that the last movie went and <laughs> you know it's out of my hands it's in Disney's hands and I, you know whatever so uh, I, that's just my crap shoot as a watcher as a Star Wars buff all my life I, I don't really I, I made the decisions they made I'm terribly obnoxious about this. I can make an explanation for everything that was wrong with it, but we'll have that talk later. Uh, (laughs) The only thing I can't explain away in all the movies is Jar Jar Binks, and then you know that's that's (laughs) that's what I can't explain. Shelton, thank you again for coming on the show, and I I hope we get to talk again sometime soon. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. All right, so that was Chris Shelton. Of course, you can um, follow his YouTube videos. I put a link to his YouTube channel where he does, essentially speaking, he's talked to lots of people on there. He also does his uh, Q&A sessions uh, that we spoke about during the interview. You also can get a lot more answers from him. Uh, in his book, A to Zinu, which can be found on Amazon and other places you can buy books. Um, that was a real helpful conversation for me, even listening back just now. I'm glad we had that talk. I thank Chris Shelton once again for coming on and doing that, and I hope it helps some of you at home listening as well. Um, in the meantime, I am taking a little break. It might be three weeks, might be a month. Uh, I am planning more, uh, bringing more people's uh, stories to you. 
uh, more exposure of Scientology, and hopefully we can uh, use this next three to four weeks to catch up on the podcast. I'll keep bugging you guys with links. Until then, uh, stay connected. That about sums it up. Take care, guys. If I speak for your followers, and I speak for your ex-followers, and I speak for the curious outsiders looking in, and you remain silent in the shadows and don't let your balls drop enough to come out and say something, then I say, who do you speak for, Mr. Miscavige? Anything on earth that says, don't listen to your mom and dad, don't talk to your mom and dad, that's bad. I remember sitting there wishing I could just scream out loud and beg for help. But I knew if I did that, I would never see Mark again. This is the thing about real life. You can't experience the great things without the bad things. I felt like it would probably do better off if we didn't exist. And, um, you know, Pat came up with a plan on, on how to end it. He talks about a seven-year-old child. Mm-hmm. Even, if, if, even if he's referring to actually an adult. So let's say we change that to an adult. There's a woman shudders because the man kisses her even passionately. The fact is that she shudders. You do a big apology to me and give me my kids back. I'm still shocked by the evil. I, 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 yes, even to this day. When I see a video of a former friend or family member, I'm like, this is pure evil at work. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.